And we are back. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Daily Dots. And unfortunately, due to the limits of the medium in which we uh, disseminate this, what I think is a glorious daily market update, uh, we, we are not able to give you the really important stuff like today, like an NVIDIA earnings countdown that was on somehow in this market, right? It's in this rational market. Nobody cares about a 20 year bond auction. The entire market hinges on one company's earnings. Oh yeah. Makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? It's the only company. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Another sign of the times today. <clears throat> Little funny anecdotal story to tell you. Uh, one of our other advisors came into my office, kind of chuckling. And I said, "What's up?" And he goes, "He goes, I, I don't know if this is really a sign of a bubble, but I think it might be." And I go, "What do you mean?" And he goes, "Well, we have this client. It's about ninety. It's got about fifty grand with us. And at the end of last year, despite being up on the year, he wanted to not not up a lot, but just yeah." The world was about to end. He wanted us to cash them all out. It's in cash. So we did that. But he called today. He wanted half of it put on NVIDIA and the rest on Microsoft. And I can't remember the other one. Arm or one of those. And, uh, you know, of course, our advisor said, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and he goes, oh, you can't do it? And he goes, no, we can, but I'm not going to. Uh, Chase, I don't know how many of these boxes you got to check for people to realize that this is in dangerous territory but 89 year olds calling up 90 year olds calling up saying they want the their 50 grand put into it i've seen this movie before i've seen it before hopefully that was you know that's like the mad money account or something but oh it's not No, no, sir. By the way, we are up over 6% now in after hours on NVIDIA after being pretty flat at the announcement. Good God. I just, hey. So for for, for listeners, we were in in my office kind of watching right after the release. Um, Really impressive. We walked over here and it's up 6%. Really impressive quarter. I I will still sit there and go, how is this not priced in? Like I, I was sitting there looking at this earnings announcement as not even an actionable occurrence because I'm like, it doesn't matter how good it is. It's all priced in. Super micro up 8% after hours. So everything's going to... Here we go. TSMC up 2.7. Yep. Cloudflare up 0.8. So like... The hound is up 8. Everything AI adjacent. The hound is back, baby. (laughs) Yes, it's back and it's going to bite you. Can we keep it? We got to keep that in the portfolio just so I can bark on the air again. Yeah. Well, you can bark every day, buddy. I do like Browns. Uh, Guys, this is how irrational this is. And are we playing it? Yeah, we're doing it with protection, but... You know, <laughs> I don't don't do it at home. I look, and I'm not saying that because you need us, right? I'm not saying that. But these are trades, guys. They're not, and trust me. I mean, we we could probably do a 10 hour radio show on just what to not do trading. Oh, yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. maybe 20. I'm an expert in that. Yeah, I mean. It, and I really don't think there's any way around it. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's one of those deals. Like, it's one of those classic things. Like, you got to break some eggs to make an omelet. You know, like, and I'm just telling you guys, this ain't the environment to do it in. This is insanity. This is a market that does not care. 
we're trading sardines right now. It's it's baseball cards. It's this is. Uh, Speaking of baseball cards, I should have sold all my baseball cards in 2021. Missed that one. Well, what's you know what's so fascinating about this one to me, and it's and it I, I think it's truly unique. This is the bubble that won't quit, but it also just moves. So when one parts of it bursts, nobody really cares. You know what I mean? Like it's just well, let's go. Yeah, it's, it's been a series of rolling bubbles for sure. Yeah, just and 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 I think you've got a whole series of investors that think riding bubbles is investing. I mean, for a while it has been. Yeah. It, yeah. And there, and there are, again, going back to don't try this at home, there are some skilled operators that are very good at riding bubbles and taking advantage and then getting out before they, before they go kablooey. Yeah. I, well, term. I mean, yeah, but I mean, they, a lot of them use the same kind of tools that we're deploying in our portfolio, yeah. which is, you know, I mean, look, if things are going to go up, we'll own them, but you just have to know how to always protect your downside. The good hound, time. hounds bust now. We're up nine now. She's running, baby. She's running. Took the leash off, if you will. The, well, the invisible fence even holding her back anymore. She's she's gone. All I see are paws. You know what I mean? You know when the dog really gets digging? You know, it's the back legs go in front of the front legs. She's digging. The hound is running. Um, what? I, what? Another one. Another sound of the time. When a market completely disregards an awful twenty-year auction and everything hinges on Nvidia. It, it, again, it's just confirmation. What's the issue that we're facing right now? It's not AI, right? We, what the Fed does, what what happens with interest rates, all of this is for naught, right? Interest rates can make this party end immediately, right? Don't wouldn't you agree? I I would say the the long a end, big of, move, the long a big move, in a, a, a giant move in the long end of the yield curve could. Yeah. But but one thing going back to. We talked about this a little bit last week, the, ni- the 1998 kind of analog, and then I did a whole bunch of work on it, so now I really know what I'm talking about on it. Um, one thing that was kind of notable, yields on the 10-year back in 98 essentially got to the same exact spot they're at today. And then with the insane bubble that came after the, after the 98 cuts, the 10-year yield like went to basically 7. So... One of my first thoughts was, man, if if the if the long end of the if long end is going to go back to five six, something like that, like that would probably keep stocks from going too crazy. But then you go back and look at ninety nine, nope, bond yields went up a bunch and no one cared. Like so, that might not even you know slow you down really. No, it, well, it will. It's just a matter of how long it will take. Yeah, and and that's it's one of those things where like the rate of change really matters. Like mm-hmm. if it's, if it's violent, like market doesn't appreciate that. If it's just kind of trudges along, like everyone can kind of digest it. I, I, I the, the thing that still just is amazing to me though. And you can hear it in the fed minutes. You can hear what they're saying. The total lack of concern of this getting out of control to the upside. It shocks me that they're not worried about that. Especially, I mean, 1999 wasn't that long ago. No, and and maybe they are behind the scenes, but me, you and I dissect those words and their statements. I haven't heard one ounce of trepidation regarding valuations or this being out of control. No, and yet you're looking at the most highly valued market since then, and and in many ways more more insanely priced than then. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in most ways, actually, it's in, if, if you take the whole totality. This is more out of control and nuts than it was in 99 on a valuation basis anyway. 
Now, I would say there's more there's more meat and 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 results that back this up. Sure, no no doubt about that. But when you watch all the stuff like the hound ripping ten percent off of sympathy of Nvidia's earnings, again, guys, how do you know you're in a bubble? That shouldn't happen. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It's ridiculous. Now, will it keep rallying? Probably. Okay, because that's what you're in. And it it, it takes me back to that because. It, I think if you just kind of follow this stuff from afar, you think, oh, yeah, well, 99, that was all because of the internet. Well, you know, like that obviously had a lot to do with it. But if you really go back and study it, it, it was the cuts in 98 into strength, like we yes. talked about. Um, they thought, you know, hey, the economy's kind of growing around two. In reality, it was more like five or six. Um, unemployment was still in a, a, a really strong downtrend. So, like, the labor market was fine. The, the, the economy as a whole was fine. You go back and I read through the transcripts where Greenspan is just telling you straight up, like you can't really find any, any significant weakness. And they were cutting. They did an emergency cut a couple of weeks after the first cut. And even in that transcript, he makes it clear like, that, like, yeah, like some things are getting worse around the edges, but like basically we're still fine. But we just got to cut because markets are down was, was more or less what happened. And at, at that time, the S&P was down 14%, I think it was. And he, and he was referring to that as a collapse. So <laughs> it just shows you like, Hey, if you cut into strength, like things can get pretty out of control to the upside. And it just feels that way right now. Now this will flow into the real economy enough to where they may not, may not do the cuts because, you know, they may not notice this, but they'll notice the, the downstream effects of this in the real economy, but it makes for interesting times. Yeah. But here's the problem. It doesn't matter what feedbacks into the economy. It doesn't stop what's happening in commercial. Yeah, so we, I mean, you, you and I, like, I, th- I think we see that different because to me, it, it's not unimportant at all. It's going to hurt the banks, um, especially especially the the smaller banks. But I just don't think it has any macro spillovers that they will have to worry about. I don't either. I'm that, that you're missing my point. I am. Yeah, <laughs> they're like they could have stemmed the tide with it. If that if that starts going down that way, when you look at the stress that they're already under, lack of fun, the, the Fed has to do something because they're not going to let the regional start tipping over. You already have that. They've already had the outflows of capital. They've been hit every single way they can. Now they're sitting on a disproportionate pile of this paper that's going to get obliterated. They, I'm not saying the Fed's going to go wholesale nutso and cut, but they're going to have to unlock another liquidity yeah, facility 100%, or they're but- going to have to cut. They, 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 they're going to do that. Which, but you could argue, makes the stock market go up, which makes the real economy get even that much hotter. That's my point. Yeah, that's my point. The problem is, is that you you are at such an extreme with asset prices. Asset prices elevating any significant level from here will end up doing the trick itself. Yeah, like did you, people people are strange. The stock market is the captain now. Did you see that article about cereal sales are booming? I did not. Yeah, cereal sales are booming as consumers are looking for cheaper and cheaper sources of food, dude. Yeah, but that 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 we I was talking about stuff like that a year ago where people were down trading down from certain kinds of meat to other meats and stuff like it. It just I know, and, and you, none of it's mattered for the aggregate level. I know, and what you're doing is you're just creating a hellscape for the middle class. I, I would say for the the probably honestly probably for the bottom only. A, 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 a lot of shopping for a house, dude. Well, yeah, not if you're shopping for a house, but even eventually, every the middle class person you, needs a house. You, you, yeah, and you can get one. It's just going to be 800 square feet less than it would have been two years ago, and at a higher mortgage payment. Yeah, yeah, and wage gains have been nice. Ain't kept up with that. 
No, and it's not, not even close. Yeah, it's not going to. No, and that's what I'm saying. So you keep juicing. Gonna, you, so you you got to go take it from your 401k, which is what people are going to do. You're just going to keep juicing. Then that's what I'm sitting looking at the Fed, going, "What are you doing? You, you're going to build a, a huge pyramid on the stock market." Yep. To where you cannot afford for it to have a problem. No, right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Housing prices the same way. Yeah. I'm not saying anything. I don't think any – I think the opposite of quote-unquote bad scary. stuff is going to happen. Right. Yeah. Because then you have a scenario, which is when reality finally plays out – I look, I don't want to be the doomsday. And you guys all know listening to this, I've said all and over. I don't think that there's some giant disaster heading our way as far as asset prices are concerned. But you don't need this to run much hotter. You know, for instance, if you have another 99-like year, let's say it's not even that crazy, but S&P up 40, NASDAQ up 60, uh, housing prices up another 15. Great if you own it, but you better sell it because no one can yeah. afford to buy it. There's just no room left. And, and the higher it goes, right, the only reason people continue to transact, you've separated asset prices from cash flows. Everybody's playing the capital appreciation game at this point, Right. And that's the only way to keep it rolling. 100%. You, know, you can't rent this stuff out for a profit. That game's over. Airbnb can't do that. Yeah. I mean, you can, but it, the it margins becomes, have gotten killed. It just becomes a giant greater fool economy. Yeah. Like, and at some point that stops. And the higher you stop at that point, the more pain there is. Right. And I just, it, it just blows my mind that the Fed isn't concerned about that. Agreed. And, and, with so many things with the Fed, there's a lot of nuance and there's usually like two or three people kind of sounding an alarm on something you find important. But this is one where like I I have seen – I and hey, listeners, if you, if you have seen something, please let us know. But I have not seen any like one even little touch of anyone at the Fed being concerned about the implications for the economy down the road of asset prices being as hot as they are. Um, not a single word. It, and it, it just feels like they just view it as like, oh, this is all like normal and legit. Like that you were building a, a castle in the sky and no one sees it, which right. is terrifying. And the Fed knows better. They, 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 this is not news to them. I under like I'm you know, how you have like um, what, you know, tribal knowledge, right? Like one of the basics when I first started learning about monetary policy, one of the basics, especially post 99 was the Fed did view it as their role to try to try to stop asset bubbles from taking place just because it's the asset bubble coming undone. Like we were saying the other day and people are like, well, you got to let it come undone. Problem is when an asset bubble pops, it takes a lot of good stuff with it. Right. Yeah. Like there's a lot of, there's a, the, the collateral damage is unacceptable. And because, and people forget this because when there's an asset bubble, it's not just those things. It's what other things were levered up to put money into it, right? There's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a house of cards, right? Like you, it, it, it's not just the bubble itself. How many people? And you guys think I'm kidding? How many people refinance their home to throw some money in a hot stock, right? How many? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you get all these things stacked up, and when you pull, when the when the rug pull a happens, effect. yeah. And I just. When, when did they quit worrying about this? I just don't understand it. And this so, isn't me raging against no. them. This is me just being curious. I, I really think it's human human nature. Like financial stability was a phrase you heard so much from call it 08 to 2018. Like it was on it was on the front of everyone's mind. It was like a big part of monetary policy. But because like nothing bad's happened for a while, I just think you, they forget. Like you forget all the lessons from those periods. And because you can't see 
back back then like there were pretty obvious economic imbalances whereas now like there's not but there now all of a sudden there's some financial imbalances and i just 99 is the only like real time you can look back on where it's something similar and and yeah. i think they've just forgotten now i would say like the housing bubble was similar just from the standpoint that instead of the stock market being the atm machine it was your house where you could borrow against take the money money out and go plow it into consumption or whatever yeah but whereas now you're doing it just with stocks that's a great analogy but the dynamics are virtually the same right it's just it's just money that isn't real that, right. that all of a sudden is available to be spent into the economy right which is fine until like it all of a sudden becomes unavailable. And just in case you guys are wondering, it will always go back to cash flows. Okay. It just will. Like you can sell yourself on the same nonsense that everybody bought into in 99 or 29 permanently high plateau. Now the tough part is, is there is no limit to the upside. Yeah. I mean, the, so just just for just for like scale for people to understand the Nasdaq 100, which is the same as the as the Qs, the QQQ ETF, like that we all know and love. Back in back in '98, when we bottomed on this on the emergency rate cut, from the bottom of that until we peaked in '99 to well, I guess kind of beginning of 2000, it was 18 months, and that 18 months was worth 350 percent from the trough to the peak on the Nasdaq 100. Which is which is roughly and very roughly, but roughly the equivalent of one percent per day. Like late in the last whatever eighteen months, we've been doing about a percent a week, which is really it's felt aggressive, and we were doing about a percent a day. Yeah. So like that that tells you the what can happen with the energy on an upside move that just gets a little a little unleashed. And and the simple reason is because the sellers just are gone. No one's selling. Right. Which is kind of where we're at now. Like, yeah, you, there's no selling. You look at like even like options market where typically downside protection is a more expensive and it's now upside protection is getting more expensive. No one's really hedging and no one is willing to miss the upside at this point. Look, and guys, there's a lot of informational value in that. How how rare is it for call options to be more expensive than puts? I don't have a way to give you a, like a statistical like, thing on that, but, uh, but yeah, is, how many times is that? Very, very is the word. I don't know, but it's, it's very rare. Very rare. Okay. Think about this guys. What that means is that sellers purchase people selling options are afraid to sell upside options, but they'll sell downside options all day long. And the reason it's typically the other way is because the like violent moves to typically are Downside. downside. Yeah. yeah. But this market, they, we, it hasn't acted like that for a long time. The violence is to the upside and it's been like that for a long time. And every time it, every time it does it, it's like that next upward leg becomes more violent until you're just hockey sticking. Like we have been for the last, you know, 14, 15 months. Um, again, another, here's another example of why bubbles burst, right? When that finally does start happening, Look at the options dealer, right? When everything starts falling apart, well, all he's sold are puts. Why? Because he was afraid of selling calls. See, this is and, and this is yet another example of why bubbles eventually come undone, just because they command everybody to get on the same trade. And it's only a matter of time until the exits start. And then when there are no buyers, that's when plunges happen. Right. And we're and, we, and as I've been shouting into the to at the clouds like we're already there with systematic positioning with ball control and ctas and uh people you know anyone that's dealing in futures like it everyone's already on the on one side of the boat there and now you, you pretty much have retail on the same side of the boat you have hedge funds on the same side of the boat. like everyone's on the 
I'm not going to miss this upside side of the boat. And and that that side of the boat is also the, I'm not worried about hedging anything. So everyone's long. Everyone is getting very long. You get to the point where it, it literally does not matter what happens that creates a little bit of downside. But if something creates some volatility or a little bit of downside, then everyone has to get on the other side of the boat. Yeah, it folds up like a cheap launcher. Right. And it happens really which fast. Is, which is exactly like what we're explaining here is why both both the right tail and the fat tail here are just so big. The upside and downside potential are, are, are really big. Well, and the other thing is the precedent you've set, right? The whole mantra for 15 years is BTFD. So when the collapse finally happens, right, it's going to happen in stages. But go pull up a, go pull up the NASDAQ from and, – and guys, I've been saying all along you're not going to see an 85% collapse of the NASDAQ. If you do a repeat of 99, I think you will. I mean I don't know if it will be 85, but I'm saying right. if, if that moonshot happens – Let's we'll say we go up two hundred percent from here. Like, I'll, like yeah. I would say a sixty percent move down. Like, is is back on the table? Yeah, I would say it would be healthy. I mean, at that point, like, I mean, it's going to destroy a lot of stuff. And, and speaking of healthy, like the market desperately needs like a ten percent correction right now to get like CTA's vol control like back a little, you know, closer to like a, a middle ground positioning. Because if not, I'll use the eighty seven thing again. Like, you you really do like the odds of getting a a day where you're down 20%, like it's bigger than it, you would think whenever everyone, everyone ha- is bought and a trigger would make everyone try to sell to everyone else. Yeah. But don't they shut the exchange at 13 and a half? So there are, there are a couple of circuit breakers that you hit where they don't shut it. Like they'll close it for 15 minutes. Yeah. The, that, ul- the ultimate breaker is 20%. They'll, I thought they'll, they'll, shut they'll it down it. for the day at 13 and a no, half. It's 20. It's 20. Th- thir- the 13 area. Maybe. It's like seven and a half is like a 10. Per- it's like, like a 15 a minute break minute. and then like a 30 minute break. 30 minute break at yeah. 10. 20 is the, okay, we're done. And then 13 and a half is another one. And the reason I remember that, I remember the Dow closed at like down 13.6 one day. And the S&P was like at 13.46 or something. It just barely missed it from getting shut down again. Mm-hmm. It was well. It was the day that we had one of the circuit breakers, and you almost triggered the other one at thirteen. And yeah, I think the worst. Yeah, we we were down about ten percent there one day during COVID. Yeah, I think it just got nasty. Yeah, no, it got and, no. And, the Dow was down as much as thirteen. There was a thirteen percent down day on the Dow. Okay. In a day, I remember that. Now I think the next day it rallied like ten or eleven percent. Yeah, which that when falls eighty, that's what happens. Yeah, things are whipping. What else do we have? I mean, you know, now that the biggest economic event of our time is. I'm done here. The last of the Mag Seven is reported. Yeah. The the Mag One. What else do we got? Uh, the re- so tomorrow we'll have uh jobless claims, uh, the S and P PMIs, and existing home sales. So honestly, the rest of the week data wise, not not much to be concerned about. The Super Bowl of this week was definitely Nvidia. Right on. Well, I don't really have much. Uh, we got a little bit of noise on the. We didn't really talk a lot of treasuries because, again, the only thing that matters in the market is the earnings report of NVIDIA. But um, pretty, pretty, pretty shabby twenty-year uh, auction, huh? Yeah. So the it, it tailed by about three basis points, meaning the the yield when it went in versus when it came out it had to get three three basis points higher to to clear the auction. Bid to cover ratio fell to a new low for a while, kind of broke trend, pretty ugly. And then primary dealers had to take a pretty good chunk of it, so not not a great auction. I think two year or twenty year ended up up about four basis points on the day after being flat. So well, and what does that mean for for you guys out there that are home gamers? What that means is that 
as shocking as this may sound to you, people were not lining up excited to buy long duration bonds from the treasury. Right. I think that's a fair way to put it. Yeah. I always, it, I always hate it. Yeah. I always hate it. Would be like, it's a horrible bond auction. You're like, okay, give me some context. Right. Tell me. So it, it wasn't horrible, like as in market rocking, but it was pretty bizarre to watch the market complete. I, it didn't even really react. I wasn't watching it in real time. So the NASDAQ went from being down about one to about one and a half within that hour. So I, I, I think people saw it and didn't like it, but. And then it pulled but, back to up down 30 basically. But it had the half-life of a half hour, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then really quick, it was back to NVIDIA. And guys, yeah. this is another example. Let me just, looking at, especially in this, with this mix, looking at the amount of paper the Treasury's got to issue, bond auctions right now are have far larger implications and are far more important for the overall economic health than NVIDIA earnings. And this just kind of is a, another way marker to show you how off the beaten path we are, right? Where interest rates don't matter. The only thing that matters is NVIDIA. Yeah. I, it's just a wild, I, you know, if I wasn't watching all, if I hadn't witnessed the last four years of this myself in person, I don't think I'd, I don't think I'd believe it. Yeah. The, the sympathy moves, especially on the stuff that isn't necessarily directly tied, just really tells you a lot. Yeah. It's just, people just throwing money at ridiculous stuff hoping it sticks anyway I, that's about all i got today i mean you know this nvidia really took the starch out of it for me yeah that's, no pins and needles man that's about all i got i, I can offer some more on the uh, 98 stuff here in the future but that, that's the thing that's good for today well why don't we do a little expansion on that tomorrow because sure. the, the the more and more i've dug into it too um I was saying this yesterday when you weren't here and I was saying, you know, honestly, if I think about it, the similarities are so striking. It makes me think that the outcome won't be, uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, there are so many similar, I mean, it's the economic dressing around it is different. The macro environment's different, but like put all, well, the market doesn't care about that though. Right. So push all that stuff aside and you just listen to the people listen to the price action, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, the, the rates to be, it's just so reminiscent of 98. Now we'll see if the fed does this. The The other thing that I got to give them some credit for, maybe their attitude is we're going to stick and just watch stuff burn. I just don't think they have any credibility when it comes to that. I, I will believe it when I see it. And what I'm saying is, I, my point in bringing up to you, I was like, I disagree. It wasn't, I disagree with what I think is going to happen. My whole point was saying, whether it's a rate cut or another liquidity injection or another BTFP facility or whatever it is, that's what they're going to do. Yeah, 100%. I I think, but they may sacrifice. See, the way you kind of have two options, like cut to save them or don't cut because everything else is too good and then find a way to just, you know, ring fence just the banks and deal with just the banks, which at the moment, I think that's what they'll have to do. And problem is, is whatever they do with the banks is going to push liquidity up. Right. Which you could argue d does way more than rates. Right. Exactly. I, I, I to me, it's not even really an argument right now, by the way, I, ha I have those numbers. It's 7% for level one circuit breaker, then 13% for level two and 20% for level three. Okay. So we were, we were pretty much spot on there. Okay. Yeah, maybe the 13 and a half I remembered was the, I think like the Dow was down over the circuit breaker. S&B finished the day just below it and we never actually triggered that second one. And yeah, they, they'll let it go. They they shut it down for a little bit and they'll reopen it except for the 20 where it's just like, you know what, why don't you guys take the rest of the day off? Yeah, yeah. Well, 
it'll be interesting. I just, uh, I, I didn't see anything today. And that's the other problem too. If you guys are, like I said, you, you know, Oh, Nvidia up 9% now. So they must, have, they said some juicy stuff in the, in the, well, I mean, what's another 180 billion in market cap for friends, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's cheap. Like Jim Cramer says, this thing's still undervalued. It's cheap. That's right. They, which, which I laughed so hard when I heard him say that. No, because I just especially because he sold it in the hole. Yeah, and 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 the reason it's so funny for you him to say that is is I cannot prove unequivocally that he is right. He's wrong. The reason I laugh so hard is because of the ridiculousness of the statement. You cannot look at anything trading at that multiple of revenue, and and make an assertion that it's cheap. It's that because to say that is just me. It would be is the equivalent of saying it can't go down. It's just a ridiculous statement. That anybody who has operated in a market for any given period of time would know better, except that buffoon. And I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's why I've said I can't. I, I, I'm not going to give any opinions on it because to me, it's just uninvestable. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, too hard pile for me. Oh, it, it's too hard to pile for anybody that's intellectually honest. Yeah. How do you value something that's building in ten to fifteen years of revenue growth? Right, and it's like tripling year over year. And like, who knows if it's going to quadruple or or or. Like when you're getting hundreds of percent. And the, like, their own CEO said this isn't going to maintain. Right? Like this pace isn't going to – but, but this is – it's a dream machine. And it's trees grow to the sky. It just uh, – up nine and a quarter now. We're climbing toward 10. Just keep buying it. Tomorrow's going to be on fire for everything. Oh, the Q's – what are the Q's going to be up three? They were – last I saw, the futures were up at like 0.9 after hours. So. This could be liftoff. This yeah, could be the beginning good, of the crazy. It's good enough for another another round for sure. Yeah, this could be this could be the beginning of the crazy. Buckle up, kiddos. Now, the one thing I will notice looking at the tape is the sympathetic followers aren't rallying quite as hard. I mean, arms only up six. That's like a that's like a loss in this market. <laughs> what a bum. Um, the hound was only up five. Yeah. The the one I still can't figure out, and I think it's another sign of a bubble. How, TSMC sitting here trading at twenty four times earnings. How do those two things exist simultaneously? Up three percent after hours, though. But I mean, if you're, it's one of our largest positions, so I'll I'll take it. But how do you how? And this is one of the funny things that cracks you up about bubbles. It applies to some things, doesn't to others. I, I think it's just the the percentage of their revenue that's tied to AI is just still small enough where people don't want to pay attention to it. Well, yeah, but like you making, said, they're making basic ones for Fords too. Yeah. But it, it, that's the funny thing about bubble psychology too. They're like, it's not a big enough share. And it's like, it is if what you're saying is going to happen, yeah, they're, they'll be just fine. <laughs> yeah. like, you're telling me that AI is going to take over the world. You're telling me TSMC, the only one that can make the chips isn't a buy because it's a small part of yeah. their market. Share. To, me, to like, me, at least for now, I would view their, their, and maybe I'm just dead wrong on this, but, I would view their monopoly on this as more durable than Nvidia's monopoly on. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It may not prove to be true, but that's the way I would I would read it now. Yeah, no, I would agree because from and I have very limited understanding Same. of shit, but the expertise to do that is well, yeah, and and we know that there are people like Google who have made chips already that are better in certain areas, which means they're in the same neighborhood of functionality. But there is nobody on the planet that can make chips like TSMC. Exactly. So, I it's just. But this is. But the, that's what happens in bubbles too. Is 100%. is the 
the bubble never picks the right stuff. It's true. It picks stuff that goes up. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Microsoft was a bubble stock in 99 and, you know, you bought those lows. Yeah, Amazon, you same. A, yeah, you had a pretty dang good return over the last 15, 20 years. That's yep. for sure. Um, yeah, so it's not all garbage, but I think there's just, again, I'm as a, as a, as a, as a real investor, I'm looking at an NVIDIA and TSMC going, that's not even a decision for me. No. Yeah, I might take longer, might not get people all juiced up to see it in their portfolio, but I'll bet the house on TMC, TSMC over the next five to seven years over NVIDIA any day of the week. And and look, just because we say that based on valuations doesn't make doesn't mean we're right. This is about this this game is about being more right more often than you're wrong. Okay. My point to people is if I'm right and you're wrong, you better enjoy this bet while it lasts because playing it the way you're playing it will resu- result in you blowing up your own portfolio. Like did, right? If you if you play those games long enough, the averages will catch up to you just like they do everybody else. Yeah, we, unless you're Druck and Miller or Soros, but you know those two out of eighty billion people or eight billion people. You, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. There, you, that's a good way to put it. On that note, we'll do, we'll to leave you guys with that. Anyway, as always, we'll be back tomorrow, continuing this journey. Hope you guys continue on with us, uh, and we're going to dig back into more some of those similarities between '98, just because I think it's really prescient and history is a phenomenal teacher. Some might say it's the best. And we have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow. You're listening to Know Your Risk Radio podcast. Download and subscribe at knowyourriskradio.com. The opinions expressed in this program are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referenced for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.